You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. It's Halloween month here on Days Revisited. Red Rob! Red Rob! Red Rob! And now your hosts, Trey Harris and Daniel Sant'Angelo. Can I ask you something? Certainly. Who gives a fuck what you think? Welcome to the Halloween Spectacular of 80s Revisited. <laughs> this is the third one, not the first one, not the second one, but the third one. <laughs> it has been so long. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wrong count. Oh. Get the fuck back to Sesame Street. No, but I want to count. <laughs> well, count the fucking steps out the room, partner. Welcome, everybody. To you. <laughs> now go fuck yourself and Jim Henson, too. <laughs> to the... And my favorite time of the year, the time where we get to talk about nothing but horror movies. And our intro changed. Oh, did it? Yeah. Well, you know, oh, we yeah. have the Halloween intro. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Because I don't get to hear they the just heard it. I listen to yeah, it. They just but heard you it. at home get to hear it right now. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, and actually technically the only host, Trey Harris. <laughs> yeah. And with me is my faithful hunchback producer. Why am I imitating the hunchback? My my little <laughs> lab assistant, the hunchback Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. There we go. That worked out better that way without me trying that. My yeah. assistant. Why Who's are you making fun of me? I, I love you, Igor. <laughs> You're very nice. I'm just I'm picking at you. It's flattery. You hate short people. <laughs> it's actually just your horrible face acne. I can't deal with it. The hump is fine. Your light, your limp, and your drool is fine as well. But it's this damn acne. I can't even look at you. But uh, this is the third one. That we've done our Halloween hoot nanny of horror, et cetera, et cetera. All the H adjectives I like to try to throw in there every mm. time I say it. But this one's really special because Daniel's not here. Woo! Not yeah. really. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Daniel, who are we talk about? But uh, this for the four episodes this year, it's pretty much covering the trilogy, the trinity of horror '80s horror icons: Freddy, Jason. Michael Myers, well, technically not Michael Myers, but the series, uh, part three of Halloween, which we'll get to in two weeks, and they were rounding it out with two luscious, excuse me, one luscious <laughs> film about the most beautiful woman of the 80s, Miss Elvira, the uh, mistress that's the shape of the you're dark. making with your hands. Yes. You can't <laughs> Podcasters see. Podcasters can't see, but... But it's, I'm, I'm, it's the universal sign for boobs. Right. When you know that you're talking about boobs yes. in the context. But this week, we're having sweet dreams as we talk about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, mm. released February 27th, 1987. Strangely enough, you know, that's an odd time for a horror movie, February. 
you know, you, you like right yeah, now we got like three about to come out, or one oh, came out this day. week, the Annabelle one, and then next week I think is the Dracula one, or that one's coming out. You know, usually this is the time of year where you, where you release something like this, but that wasn't the case. But uh, there's, it's always a good time for a Robert Ungland Freddy movie. Please note my verbiage there because of the remake. But that's another story. But mm. February 27th, 1987, IMDb gives it 6.5, which is actually pretty good for an IMDb score for a horror sequel, uh, much less an 80s one from a known franchise. Right. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critics 74%, which I was, that was pretty shocking to me when I was going over these numbers. 67% audience. So pretty good reviews for a part three of a horror franchise, which. Again, shocking. 4.5 estimated budget. Double that in the opening weekend almost at 8.8 million. Mm -hmm. Domestically, 44.7. Couldn't find any worldwide data. However, 21.3 million on rentals. So, again, we talked about this when we... Didn't we do the first Nightmare on here with Daniel? I think we did. Yes. I'm pretty sure we did now that I say (laughs) it and then think about it. But uh, as we talked about on that episode, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise built New Line Cinema. New Line is all the nickname for New Line Cinema, or was, I should say, the house that Freddie built. And as these numbers show, they spent 4.5, they get uh, 44 plus 21, you know, 65 million off a $4 million investment, and then they make another one and another one and another one. Mm. And they just keep raking the money till they kill it, just like Activision does with Tony Hawk, Guitar Hero, and Call of Duty. Call of Duty, definitely. Uh, But it was directed by Chuck Russell, which I was shocked when I looked at his resume because the name didn't ring a bell. However, hmm. he's also directed The Mask, one of Jim Carrey's great earlier movies, uh, the Schwarzenegger semi-classic Eraser, one of his last big action movies before. Uh, what was the name of that gun they down. used in there? It was like a railgun. Railgun, that's but it. like it locked onto their. <laughs> it wasn't like a railgun, like Quake style that shot a yeah. rail. <laughs> it locked onto their heartbeat and sent an electromagnetic pulse to she stop could their heart. through walls. Yeah, yeah. It had like the, it was sort of like a Total Recall screen. Because they would show like the skeletons like looking around yeah. and show the heartbeat. And, <laughs> and then, of course, Arnold dual wields them at one point. Doesn't yeah. aim, but it's all good because it's the Arnold. Eraser. And he also directed The Rock in The Scorpion King. Mm. So a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty decent resume. I mean, yeah. you know, nothing. I mean, The all Mask is fantastic. considered, yeah. Yeah, you know, That's as opposed career. to, you know, you don't see directing horror movies of uh, much less a third one, I should say. You don't really tend to see... It's not like somebody who's done a lot, mm-hmm. on average, I should say. That's not the case. Uh, he also directed the remake of the 1988 remake of The Blob, by the way, which is, as far as remakes go, pretty decent. Uh, let's see. It was written by, and this is of really important, Wes Craven. He had Craven had nothing to do with Part Two, which I'll get into later on in the podcast. It was also written by Bruce Wagner, Chuck Russell, and future Oscar winner Frank Darabont. It was his mm. first writing gig. Was Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Wow. And it should be of note, I'm not dissing these people, but it took four people to write this movie, <laughs> two of which are very talented. Not, I'm talking about Bruce Wagner and Chuck Russell, no, I'm just kidding. Darabont right. and Craven, naturally, uh, very talented, in, especially Craven in the horror genre, and Darabont now, uh, even though, you know, his claim to fame, so to speak, uh, Shawshank, mm-hmm. based on a Stephen King short story, not necessarily horror, but, you know, I mean, he's the reason The Walking Dead's around. He championed that, bringing it to AMC. So he's really, you know, his he's masterpieces. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. His masterpiece will be Shawshank Redemption. But, I mean, he's he's really a horror guy. 
Yeah. Because uh, he followed up Shawshank with Green Mile. And uh, did he direct The Mist as well? Did he direct The Mist? That's an excellent question while I click. Yes, he did. Yes, okay. <laughs> Which, to me, a very underrated movie. Really diss, but I thought it was... I thought it, it, it. I heard bad things about it, so you kind of watch it in a different frame of mind. Mm. And I was just like, you're not expecting anything special, but that's a decent rating. I, I really two. liked it, even though I really don't like Thomas Jane. Although he's like hilarious, but yeah. he's he's like that macho actor. Just watch Deep Blue Sea, and you'll know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Punisher. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> yeah, that too. To be honest with you, not the web short, but right. the movie one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're uh, starring the great and iconic Robert Unglund and also a hell of a nice guy, if you listen to the Comic-Con recap episode, mm. as the legendary Freddy Krueger, the only person that can truly be Freddy Krueger. Jackie O'Haley, you didn't do bad, but I'm sorry. Freddy's not meant to be scary. He's meant to be funny and kill you. Mm. He's not... He's more of a... Uh, John Wayne Gacy. You know, he's a clown and a killer. A child killer, too. He's a, yeah, he's, he's basically John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. With a better personality and can live in your nightmares and kill you. Mm. But of course, uh, Robert Unglund was also in the TV series V. Uh, he starred in a lot of, you know, he, of course, he's a horror icon. He was in Wishmaster, The Mangler, a lot of other direct to DVD horror sequels. Uh, instantly recognizable. Uh, and returning from the first nightmare again, in addition to Wes Craven, uh, Heather Legenkamp reprises her role as Nancy, of course, from Nightmare One. And then she came back in part six, New Nightmare. Uh, as herself in the meta movie. Wait a second. Star Trek in the Darkness? Yeah, she was in Star Trek in the Darkness uh, as Modo. Who the fuck was Modo? I don't know. I don't remember her in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it now and look for Heather Langenkamp. Uh Modo. But before Nightmare, she was in Just the Ten of Us TV show. And that's where she kind of got her start. And she's, I think she's in, in the first one, she's a teenager. But in this one, she kind of blossomed and was exceptionally attractive. Uh, a good female lead. Unlike the main star of this one, Patricia Arquette. I'm sorry to any Patricia Arquette fans out there, but I do not like Patricia Arquette. In fact, Stigmata was on TV this morning, and it just reaffirmed the fact that I don't like this woman. Mm. She's a terrible actress. There's there, Mordo, I said it. Is <laughs> that... <laughs> You want a funny picture? Look up Moto, Star Trek. I guess she did the voice or something. Because <laughs> that's in the Star Trek wiki. Did Do you uh, remember that thing? No, I don't remember that at all. That's the crazy thing. Wait, that's a, she played a dude? <laughs> I don't We're know. looking at Google right now. I don't know. Just trying Probably to figure out who this character is. Or something. It must be. It must have been like a... Well, look, see, look, they're showing it right there on the makeup. It must have been her in the makeup or something in the background. You see, look, there's the side-by-side picture. Oh, yeah, I forgot you can't oh, yeah, see what yeah, I'm yeah. that. And yeah. neither can you people listening, but <laughs> yeah. apparently she was an alien and thus explains the complete unrecognizability of Heather Camp. I tr- I know she doesn't look like that now. <laughs> Good, she I'm doesn't pretty look sure. Like... Yeah, wow. But that's that's a badass Easter egg. Huh. So you learned something today, I hope, in addition to some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. But uh, Patricia Arquette, Arquette played Kristen. Arquette. Of course, she was in Stigmata and True Romance. Uh and returning as well, again from the first one, another alumni of the franchise, John Saxon as Nancy's father. Uh, m- most notably as, uh, I damn, don't forgot his name, but he was Enter the Dragon, uh, was his big role with, uh, of course, Bruce Lee, the immortal Bruce Lee. Mm. And uh, strangely enough in this movie, I forgot until he showed up on screen, Larry Fishburne, a.k.a. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Saw him in that clip that played at the top of the show. 
And uh, he was Max, of course. You might know him from such films as Event Horizon, to keep it with the theme of horror movies. That's one of the an excellent sci-fi horror movie. But also, most people would instantly think of him as Morpheus from The Matrix, his most iconic role to date. Currently on TV in the show Blackish. Blackish. Yeah, that's the name of the show he's on. I'm gonna say it sounds racist. <laughs> I don't know anything about this show, but I'm just saying. Blackish on ABC. Oh. Yeah, it's about a black family. Okay, quick little rant. <laughs> this is why racism still exists. Why yeah. is the show called Blackish? Because they quote unquote act black. I, I mean, what's oh the... because they're in a white upper middle class neighborhood. Oh, so they should be singled sh- out, right? As because they're you know that's, that's they should call the show Family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just call it something that's not overtly racist. But it's right. not racist because it stars black people. Right. If there were white people in this, it's the same thing to me. It's just yeah, like it's this. just drawing the line again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't. So need come that. on, Larry, you're better than that. Yeah, they should have not focused on appearance and more about. It's not going to last anyway. I mean, it's one of those shows you can kind of look at. Right. This is not going to be like a four-season thing. This might be a season and a half. But time will tell. Maybe it's really funny. I don't know. But it's racist. I mean, it's going into a slot that's failed like three times last year. What's the time slot? Right after Modern Family. Oh. Because people turn it off after Modern Family. (laughs) Exactly. You got to follow Modern Family. Put it on before Modern Family. You might have some success. So there's been a lot of failed shows in that slot, so... That's hilarious. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Blackish. I guess he's still waiting for the Matrix Four. <laughs> yeah. I need another. I need something right now. Uh, but they did reprise in that commercial. Okay. They did the commercial where he was Morpheus. I forget what that was for. Was it like the Direct TV one, like Sigourney Weaver something did with Alien? Like it was that. something like that where he was Morpheus. That kind of thing again. doesn't show up on IMDb, and yeah. he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. <laughs> uh, rounding out the cat, there was a lot of people in this movie. None of which, not to hurt your feelings, if you're listening listening any of these people went on to a lot of great things uh, some other notables though jennifer rubin she was Taryn. she was also in a great 90s Gabor, sci-fi movie she's i don't you ever mention that name <laughs> on this podcast again but uh jennifer rubin was Taryn. she was in a movie called screamers <laughs> in the 90s uh starring robocop himself peter weller which is in my opinion it was based on a philip k dick story i believe and it's a great underrated sci-fi classic or sci-fi film, I shouldn't say classic, mm. uh, from the 90s. It's just one of those kind of uh, got lost. A lot of It was kind of uh, pre-Starship Troopers, but in that kind of era where like sci-fi films weren't very big, mm-hmm. you know, limited budget, and it would show. But I really like Screamers. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, and Ira Hyden was Will, the Dungeon Master, <laughs> which, uh, have you seen this? I didn't even ask you if you had seen part three. Or, no. or, I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which we'll get to at the end of the show to I mean, remind you what to When people, we watch that clip, I re- recognize it, so I must have seen it at some point. Yeah, this is, I would say three and four tend to be the ones a lot of people remember a lot of. Or maybe I just remember the effects, because I remember the vacuum form thing. Mm-hmm. Make it, this is know. also the one with the big Freddy snake. Yeah, where he eats I, I'm pretty Arquette. sure I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's uh, just been a long time. But Will is the character. He's wheelchair bound, but like in his. Of course, this is Nightmare on Elm Street three, the Dream Warriors. I'm looking at this screenshot of Freddy doing like a thug. Fred Astaire. Oh, I was thinking like guest starring on Blackish. (laughs) What's up, bitch? (laughs) Oh, it's the new neighbor. (laughs) Oh, Freddy moved in. (laughs) I would watch that show. Yeah, every week for that. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but in the in the movie, just to refresh your memory, and those of you might not have seen it in a while, 
the Dream Warriors are the group of psychiatric patients, which will tie into what you've been working on, in a sense, at the end of the show. Yeah, true. Uh, and in their dreams, they'll have different personas, their dream persona. Uh, but Will, when he's in the dream, they have an establishing moment earlier where he's playing Dungeons, sort of Dungeons & Dragons. Right. They a role-playing game. But, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and then they all... Patricia Arquette's power is to suck people into her dream, so that's how they all end up fighting Freddy in the end. But mm. anyway, uh, he's he's the dungeon master, mm. which doesn't get very far with Freddy fucking Krueger. Right. So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. But uh, he, but he come, I mentioned him because he is also in the last movie of this Halloween series, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm. So we'll, we'll see him again in this month of greatness. Uh, but anyway, on to the film itself, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, of course, the first one, instant classic, one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Part 2 is a, in my opinion, terrible movie. Uh, it just really doesn't do much. It was more like, oh, it, Nightmare made a lot of money, let's put out a sequel. Had Craven wasn't involved. And in fact, there's a great uh, viewer theory about Part 2, that it's actually a movie about repressed homosexuality, hmm. which there's all sorts of articles about it. When you read the article, you can see they make an argument for it, but it's it, the movie's not about that. <laughs> but it's, it's a theory that plays into some of the unusual things that are said and done in the movie, because <laughs> there's a lot of weird things in part two that are just like, seems so out of place. And you're just like, eh, that's kind of weird. What do yeah. they mean by this? So somebody really read into it, and because the lead actor of Part 2 is gay in real life, it's a movie about people not coming to grips with their sexuality and being possessed by Freddy Krueger and killing people. Hmm. So, all right. There you go. <laughs> but then came Part 3. And uh, it's so funny that we're, uh, odd timing, I should say, that we're doing, that our third year doing this, we're doing the Part 3s of these classic franchises. There was an article in The Nerdist earlier this week about how the fourth films in classic horror movie franchises tend to be the best, or like the ones that kind of reboot it. Just or, horror movie? Yeah. Because they were talking about Friday 4, night, uh, Halloween 4, uh, Friday 13th Part 4, Saw 4 for some reason, which I stopped reading the article at that point. <laughs> but uh, just how the fourth films tend to kind of be, pick up the slack and kind of revitalize the franchise, which they're, I'm not going to disagree with that necessarily. Uh, but for me, Part 3, for a lot of these movies, as we're going to talk about them, are very uh, important to the franchise for different reasons. For example, on this, in the first Nightmare, it's all about bringing Freddy into the real world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah, by the way, my gas this afternoon is brought to you by Delaware Punch. Oh, right. Which we yeah. are drinking right now. <laughs> it is sugary. Regrettably. And it. we talked about this on a previous episode, and you mentioned that we're going to have yes. it for one episode. So this is making good on that. And it's it's one of those memories that, was best to stay in the past because after tonight mm. I will never partake of this drink again. It tastes like a liquefied uh, purple Jolly Rancher, which I'm. I'll put that at the end of the show of our little conversation about Delaware Punch that we recorded. <laughs> oh, early. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'll put that at the end of the show. So stay tuned. For yeah. That. So if you have a Delaware Punch, cheers. Yeah. Cheers and apologies. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> not listen to us after we. <laughs> You're vomiting later on tonight from yeah. Delaware punchitis. Has but, no uh, caffeine and it's non-carbonated. But it does have high that. fructose corn syrup, so uh, you're yeah, giving yourself it. cancer. 
And you can you can actually yeah you're right it's the first mm-hmm. drink that that I can think of where you can actually taste the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. If you want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> I, we don't recommend it. Right. But uh, part three for Nightmare really kind of establishes from this point on in this series, in a sense, the mythology of the series. This is the one where Freddy has the comedic personality. Part two, he just appears and kills people. He has has some some cool moments, but this is the one where he really starts, you know, like the dream warriors, quote unquote, like the one dude that does puppets or makes puppets. He doesn't do puppets Hmm. Uh, because that would be like a, what do they call it? Sex doll, flesh doll, whatever it's called. Fleshlight sex doll. One of those sex terms. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything about that stuff. I'm high on Delaware Punch. <laughs> it's, oh, God, I see music. Uh, but I uh, like the, the guy that makes puppets. He has one of the greatest kills in the series where he takes the tendons out and he's puppeteering the guy off the building. I do, this is the yeah, one where the series goes in that direction where Freddy, the personality of the murderer, is in how he's killing these people. And it's so entertaining. You know, it's this is Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is the one is the only one where you really root. Well, there there are some people that you really root to die in all the other franchises too. Don't get me wrong, but you always want Freddy to win. He's okay. He's a pedophile child murderer. I understand that, mm-hmm. but he's such a good character. He deserves to win once, even though he never dies. So he kind of technically wins. But uh, yeah, this is this is the one in the franchise where it separates it from. Because the first one's horror, like it is a horror movie. Like you know, it's got the fantastic imagery, and they all really they do carry this on. But now you have a villain unlike the other two in the Trinity, Jason and Michael Myers, a one who talks, he emotes. He's there's an actor in there. No disrespect to Kane Hodder who plays Jason in some of the later franchises and really gives a personality in the movements, but that mm-hmm. doesn't compare to the fact that you have Robert Ungland, an a, a full actor in makeup performing a role. And to me, that's what makes Freddy my favorite of the three. Yeah. Because I love Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger was the one that, when I, when I was a kid in the 80s and everything, you know, all, everybody had a hockey mask, but also everybody also had the glove. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the toy. Like, I never had it. I had it. I had to get it when I was an adult. Yeah, I was going to say, I parents, thought you did have it. <laughs> I, I had the, I, everybody had a hockey mask, but my parents would never get me the glove. Like, that's just too much. That's too. Uh, oh, wow. And I, I, my whole life, I wanted one until like. Five, six years ago, whenever, I was like, you know what? I never got one. I'm and an I'm, adult. Yeah. Uh, why do, I don't know. I should have got this like 10 years ago. <laughs> so I did get one, and now it's sitting in my trophy case, so to speak, signed yeah. by Robert Unglin from Comic-Con. So I bought it, ne- not knowing the glory it would attain right. one day, to, for Freddy himself would touch it. And it's true. he wrote, to Trey, sleep kills, Robert Unglin. Uh, and it's true. I don't sleep. Much. <laughs> kill, you know, yeah. Death is the eternal sleep. So technically, yeah. that last sleep does kill you. Wise words. But uh, yeah, three, this is the one that to me kicks the franchise into the direction it took from then on out. It really, now, with the exception, it, when Wes Craven returns to direct in New Nightmare, New Nightmare, it maintains the uniqueness of how Freddy dispatches his victim, so to speak, mm-hmm. but it's much more darker like the first one three four five and six especially six freddy's dead that one's like so tongue-in-cheek which we'll talk a little bit more about that one yeah in the back to the future segment but uh part three to me is really it's 
almost my favorite in the franchise. It's like, it's actually because of, I'm in the Back to the Future segment for this all, all month, we're going to talk about the best and the worst one in the, each franchise and also the five best kills of each of these iconic characters. Oh. But uh, even though technically when we talk about Halloween 3, Michael Myers is in it, we're still going to talk about Michael Myers on that one. Just so everybody knows, Just, there's not yeah. five amazing kills in Halloween 3. There's a couple of cool ones, but there's not five that can make a <laughs> countdown. Because I think only like five people die in the entire movie anyway. So it's like every death in the movie. Every death is cool. Let's rank the deaths in this movie. But uh, yeah, part Nightmare on Elm Street 3, uh, revisiting it. And this is one that I've I've watched a, a good number of times. Like it's one of those every year around in this month, I try to at least watch a horror movie at least every night when I can when I'm home. Me and my wife Autumn will. I'll, try, I'll, I'll watch some that she hasn't seen and I'll revisit as we do now. Yeah. Some of my favorite ones. Such as Nightmare Three, Four, uh, and of course a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth because they're so entertaining, especially when you watch them now. But uh, mm. let's see, where's let me see uh, a trivia for this one. There's some cool stuff here, and of course on the podcast before we we did the first Nightmare, we did the Evil Dead trilogy, and I believe we mentioned on one of those episodes how they kind of tied in together. But the Freddy glove that was used from this movie in Part Three was stolen. And that is the one that's hanging on the in the workshed in, your, in, your in Evil Dead room, Two, right? No, what are you talking about, Jesse? That's not what is, that's not the case. I didn't talk to some black market illegal prop dealer to get that. It's totally legit. I bought it from a costume store. But uh, yeah, the glove in this movie is the one that's hanging in that shot in Evil Dead Two when he goes into the workshed, right? And they were actually released the same year, so it's it disappeared from this set, appeared in that set, and then promptly disappeared. Hmm. And like you know, some there's got to be some black market for this. Someone shit. has it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's or it's also deep buried in under a prop closet or something. Yeah. Some it's it it's a, it's still out there. there. There's no way that it could not be. Or you have it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the original UK poster for this film was withdrawn due to complaints regarding the image on it, which the poster the original poster for it overseas featured the Freddy snake, which mm. use your imagination. Yeah. And certain angles, it looks like something with a Freddy head on it. And you can just Google it, and like one of the first pictures on there kind of tells you exactly what it looks mm-hmm. like with a Freddy head sticking on it. <laughs> so, uh, and they replaced it with a less quote unquote offensive one. Mm. So, but the movie poster for this film is really like, it's one to me one of the more iconic in movie posters of the franchise, aside from the first one. But it's, you know, it's that painted art. Freddy's holding out his glove at the bottom, he's got his eyes at the top, and it has the different quote-unquote dream warriors kind of standing in front of them so it's this was a poster i always uh remembered i remember the cover of the vhs yeah with uh that image and everything like there it is we're pulling right you can google it and you probably remember it from your video store passing by it many times although the uh the kids don't match up how they look in the film because the dungeon master guy is a dork yeah and it's you know he's a toothpick and in the poster he's you know kind of buff but uh (laughs) Whatever, but, but it's still it's still a cool image. No, see, even in his, that's the thing. Even in his Strange. dream, he's still his same persona. He can walk, <laughs> but he's still like you know he's not handsome or right, or yeah. you know buff or anything. He just has a cloak and wizard powers, which is more like the Emperor from Star Wars lightning. Hmm. But uh, let me see here. This I thought this was really cool because again we mentioned Wes Craven was one of the writers on this one. Returning to the franchise, and one of the original premises was that Freddy, Freddy invaded the real world and was hunting for the actors of the film, 
which any fan of the franchise knows this is the exact plot that was used when Craven returned to direct in New Nightmare. So the he kept the idea in his head, developed it more, and then brought it to fruition in the sixth entry in the series. Uh, and as we open up the episode... One of the most... Is that supposed to be the original? That, that's the, uh, yeah, the Freddy Snake poster. Yeah. It looks like a penis with a head. Oh, yeah. I mean, a face, I should he's say. Looking right because it has face a face as he's and going. eating a girl. And so, yeah. And she looks like she's liking it. <laughs> it is a very... You look at her. She's not she's, in pain. No. There's no pain there. No, not that kind of pain. Being docked by a Freddy dick. <laughs> Freddy face dick. Pardon our friends for any children listening. All right, but uh, hey, this is eighties revisited. Explicit. This is eight. We talk uh, like kids talked in the eighties. Yeah, we all knew this in the eighties. That's how we talk when our parents weren't around. Yeah, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we started the episode with one of the more classic Freddie lines of the film, uh, and actually, it, the scripted line was the "This is it, Jennifer. Your big break on TV," and then he slams her head in, but. Unglin improvised the Welcome to Prime Time bitch line, and the director, uh, Chuck Russell, couldn't decide which one he liked more, so he just, well, they fit together, put them together, so you have the scripted line and the improvised line in the same scene. At the same time? No. Like no. he said, it's a- said after, oh. but he didn't, he couldn't decide if he wanted to keep one or the other, so he just, so he says the scripted Give line, two tag- <laughs> two and lines. then, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, and then the oh, kill. Okay. Huh. So, which... It's kind of the first time Freddy gives, does like a one-liner. You know, he's he's the horror Ar- Arnold. Right. And when he kills somebody, there's going to be some sort of related one-liner to how he's horrifically murdering these poor kids. <laughs> but uh, let me see. Uh, Wes Craven had nothing to do with the first sequel. As I mentioned before, I was going to touch base again on. on uh, and he didn't have anything to do with Nightmare 2 because he believed that Elm Street was not capable of spawning a franchise. Well, naturally... He was wrong, and he admits it because he returns on this one and does a pretty good job. Uh, and the second film, should be noted, outgrossed the original, and that's what convinced him that, hey, this could be a franchise. Let me let me come back and not make the rest of them see that the rest of them aren't quite as stupid and terrible as the second one. Uh, like uh, I don't think I said, but it was actually Patricia Arquette's first film. As uh, I did mention, it was Frank Darabont's first one, first writing credit, I should say, to be specific. Uh, and also... This is the third film in the series. It's also the third highest grossing uh, of the original Nightmare movies after the first one being Freddy vs. Jason was the highest grossing. And the second highest grossing of the franchise was the Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master, the direct sequel to this one because it features some of the same characters. Mm. Uh, picking up kind of where this one leaves off in a sense. And that one actually has the one where Freddy's resurrected by a dog pissing fire on his grave. Yeah. <laughs> so that notwithstanding it's a great film <laughs> but uh as a score score wise again i'm partial to these these three franchises made me or what made me love horror and growing up in the 80s was a amazing time as a kid and to be a fan of that genre because yeah every because we we had of course you know in the in the olden i'll say olden days but you know you had dracula and frankenstein they had all the hammer pictures in the 70s too. You know, you right. had the black and white ones, the universal horror films, which uh, these films, these mo- this modern Dracula and Frankenstein and Wolfman, in a sense, inspired me. Like, oh, I want to see these other older ones and all that, you know. Yeah. But growing up in the 80s, every haunted house we went to, you know, every aisle at Halloween had the Freddy mask, the Freddy glove, the Freddy hat, the Michael, not really the Michael Myers one, because th- those, those were rare, like at least 
here in our area, like I always wanted a Michael Myers mask and can never find one until many years later mm-hmm. where I could actually find one. Never bought them because the hair always looks stupid on them. If you ever see them in the store, anybody goes to a Halloween store this time of year, look at the Michael Myers mask. They look so the funny because the top. hair is yeah. like Larry from the Three Stooges. They never look good. But um, Did you ever go to one of the Halloween parties in Menlo over in Kenilworth? We're yeah, getting, one. We're getting local with yeah. Baton Rouge right now. One. Um, I was Michael Myers for one of those. Yeah, well, there was one, I think we talked about it before, either on the podcast or off. We were walking, it was the one year we didn't, me, Perry, and Gary, our friends, couldn't, we're, we're going super yeah, we're local. Going local. <laughs> but we showed up to the party, it was the only Halloween party we didn't dress for, because we didn't know if we were going to go until like, let's just go, we have got no costume, oh, okay. but let's go. And we were walking up to the house, and I think it was you, and the Michael Myers, and I was like, popped up behind the cars. <laughs> That's probably me. <laughs> I, and I think I, I think we talked I, I think we talked about it before. But I was sitting up front, like, acting like a scarecrow, sort of, like then, while kids were showing up. <laughs> when they come up to the door, I would jump up and like have some memories of kids running away for that. It's good stuff. That was like one of my favorite Halloweens because you know it all, it all. There's always that regrettable Halloween where your parents are like, "No, you're you're too old." For me, it was thirty seven, uh, thirty two, but I don't know what age it was for you guys. But you know, it's like your your Halloween's always trick or treat was always so much fun. Mm-hmm. But then it came the year like, okay, you're too old for this. But you can, if you want, you can dress up and hand up count candy and like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. So you know, similar thing, hiding under the, yeah. And then it became the fun of scaring the little kids, right? You know, uh, yeah, they need to stay scared. And then you, know, I remember one Halloween, I got a hockey mask and a fake axe, and I would, just, I just stood under the street like the whole night, like not the whole night, but like just staring at like people right. by, like you know, just being Acting creepy, crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, just, if you did that any other night. You'd get arrested you'd be and be shot. Or, <laughs> yeah. And these days, even on Halloween, yeah. if it's after nine o'clock, you're probably going to get probably shot. Probably going to get shot. Yeah. Which is so terrible. Because, I mean, I remember when we were kids going trick-or-treating, trick-or-treating, and we'd go home, we ate our candy, and then we'd sneak out and go not roll a house. We we would, it's terrible. Because, like, my kids did this. They, I would, you know, I sh- this was terrible for people. To, we'd rock houses. You know, throw rocks oh, on the roof. Wow. Just to, you know, we didn't throw it at windows or anything. We never right. broke a window, but it was meant to, like, wake people up. And we do the... Well, that's not too And bad. run away from the door. Oh, you didn't break windows. Yeah, we didn't do anything like house. that. Because, I mean, I did that to my own house, not thinking it would hurt it. It was just like watching the rocks roll down. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're making all these dents and shingles <laughs> in the roof leaks. But we would always... We'd, we'd find the tin roof houses, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it'd rattle all the way down, and then the lights would come on, and we'd run to the next one. So just, just minor <laughs> hell raising, you know, not like you see in some of these 80s horror movies where the kids are out on Halloween night raping people right or we didn't do that yeah except that one time but uh you know freddie jason and michael myers were like this was to me this the this decade of horror has never been equaled since to me because it was these are classic eternal characters um unfortunately jigsaws that now because there's like eight saw movies or whatever even Mm. though it's you know, whatever. Okay, but don't mention him in the same. Like, you know, it's he's not in this league. Yeah. These 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 characters defined horror, even today. That's why you're getting a remake of every every single one of these franchises has been remade. And guess what? They're all fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, uh, in the next segment, or we're talking about Back to the Future, and we're talking about the best and worst ones. The criteria is, what is the best and worst Freddy film other than the first? And not including the remake, because that would automatically be the worst. Oh, now there's hmm. the, the 8-bit version of the poster, yeah. which looks actually really cool. 
And she still looks like she's in pleasure. Yeah, it's it's like something <laughs> from Night Trap on Sega CD or something. But uh, score-wise, again, a big roundabout, but it's an eight to me. It's it's a fantastic horror movie. It still holds up. It's still entertaining. Of course, you got the 80s aspect to it. It, it is dated from uh, more so the people. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, know. oh, no, that's from the, that's when he was posting as the, posing as the nurse. I never seen it. That was creep. But it's uh, when Joey's having the dream in this one where the nurse, the sexy nurse, is, you know, he's rubbing her head, his head and her tits, and then it pulls away and it's Freddie's head. Uh, But uh, in the film, they cut to Robert Unglin. You don't really see this shot where it actually has the actress, the woman actress with a Freddie head. So it's really kind of jarring because you're like, oh, titties. And you look up like, ah! You know how he felt. Yeah. Uh, But anyway. (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, yeah. Uh, this one, it's almost my favorite, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Why it's the one reason it's not. Oh wait, go back to that other picture. Mm-hmm. That is a, it's like the Breakfast Club. Yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. There's a picture of with the cast of this film in a sense re, or posing as in the similar positions of the Breakfast Club. That's funny. That's really awesome. <laughs> uh, post that on Facebook. I should do that. Yes. Facebook slash Awesome Pots. Oh yeah, and if again. Uh, <laughs> Where am I with that? Okay, in the real world, again, February 27th, 1987. If I get to talk about these movies, I just keep rambling on because <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, but February 27th, 1987, on February 20th, seven days before this film opened, the second Unabomber bomb explodes at a Salt Lake City computer store, injuring the huh. owner. So, Freddie, you know, this is the 80s. Freddie and Jason are on, you know, haunting your theaters. The Unabomber's running around. Ted it's, 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 it's mayhem. It's crazy. That's the yeah. 80s, man. That's what we live through. These kids these days in the 90s and your 9 in 2000 with your 9/11 and your Columbine. We had a Unabomber. <laughs> At least he stood for something. You know, killing people and stuff. They Society. would be like teenagers if they experienced 9/11. Now, anyway. Well, now, yeah. Yeah, so what do kids have now? ISIS, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or ISIL? ISIL. Is it ISIL or ISIL? I don't ISIL. know. I'm so confused till like I'll research like why is he saying this? I thought it was why? this. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't watch the talking heads on TV. I just heard like, wait, I thought it was ISIS. I kept thinking I'm, I misheard right. like or you know, like some news channel reports something, the other one reports something different like I guess it's ISIS, which first ISIS-il? thing I thought of was uh, Archer, which he works for ISIS. Oh yeah. But that was before ISIS was a thing. So now Maybe they, that's where I got the name from. <laughs> Like the the terrorist ISIS are like we're big Archer fans. <laughs> okay, you still drinking that Delaware punch? I got a. Fi- I can't like. Uh, I'm not gonna refill the glass. <laughs> no. And I got the water here next to wash yeah. it down. Oh man, I am washing it down. I have but, to uh, chase it with water. <laughs> or some, you know, bleach to get that taste out of your mouth. Yeah, it's thick, but uh, thicker than. Back to the future segment this week. We're gonna again. I kind of preface before we talk about the best and worst Freddy films, other than the first. And not counting the remakes. For me, for the Nightmare series, uh, four is my favorite, probably. Hmm. And I haven't rewatched every single one of them as research to, to be 99% certain that's the case. But four is the one as a kid that everybody talked about, which, for reasons we're going to get to in the next part, after I tell you the worst one, which, if you couldn't guess, it's two. Two is terrible. You could skip two and go one, three, four, five, six. And, hmm. uh, Freddy versus Jason. Did you mention the rating in part three? Or is that something you're going to get to? Oh, the rating as in? It was rated X. Where do you see that at? 
Oh. Part three was rated That's X. odd. Yeah. It should be R. Well, according to this, on IMDb, it that, has a certif- uh, certificate of X. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I'm, 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 I'm sure the DVD that I have copy says R. Oh, yeah. It's probably been, you know, scaled back, but huh. probably during the release, it may have been X. I'm going to have to research that and see. We'll find update out. you possibly in the next one or in five yeah, from now. And, you know, a few from now. Just keep listening and we'll get to it eventually and right. we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. We, we do deep detective work. It takes time. We research. We contact. We, we interview witnesses. But uh, now, my personal top five Freddy Krueger kills out of all of the movies, except the remake, because that is an abomination to our Lord and Savior, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh, number five, Philip from this very film. Philip's the puppet master one. Uh, you know, he's laying in bed. Freddy comes, cuts open his arms and legs, pulls out his tendons, and like a human puppet, Freddy marionettes him right mm. to his death. Great. And again, all these films have practical effects. And that's what makes him, especially with Freddy, where he's killing him in unique ways. And Jason, too, because Jason's more unique. I mean, Michael Myers, love him to death, but it's pretty much, I'm going to pick this weapon for this film, and it's my weapon the whole film. Not much uniqueness in his, you know, in his wheelhouse, it's pretty much just stab. Hmm. Jason and Freddy, Stabs especially Freddy. You know, Freddy's an artist. He's the Salvador Dali of slashers. <laughs> but uh, that was number five. Number uh, four to me is Tina from the very first one, the, Freddy's very first victim in the films. Of course, it's the one where she's rolling around the ceiling. Yeah. You know, the giant gimbal. Very, very classic, uh, iconic scene as well. Uh, number three, Spencer from Nightmare uh, 6, Freddy's Dead. Or uh, was it? Was it Nightmare on Elm Street? Or was it? I think it was actually technically just like Freddy's Dead. Nightmare 6. Nightmare yes, six. It's something like that. Whatever it is. We're going to, I'll probably, we're going to look it up right now and pronounce it right. It's something, it's either Nightmare on Elm Street 6, Freddy's Dead, or it's Freddy's Dead. No, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Final answer. Um, uh, I'll take your word. <laughs> no, wait, there it is right there. There's the poster. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Yes. Uh, okay. My memory came at the last possible second. But of qu- this, this one had some great ones. There's even a great Wiley Coyote type one where the kid's falling out of a house and <laughs> Freddy cuts the parachute strings and then pushes a bed of nails under him and he falls on. That's an honorable mention, by the way. <laughs> but uh, my favorite kill from this one that makes my top five list is the scene where he takes control of uh, Spencer. And Spencer was, uh, oh, what's that dude's name? Uh, uh, I see his stupid face. Anyway, never mind. It's not important. If You, you know what I'm talking about. Uh but it's where he controls him. His, the character Spencer in the movie plays a video game nerd. Very commonplace now, not so much when this film came out. So Freddy's controlling him like a video character in the real world. So he's sleeping, and all the awake people are seeing him bounce like Mario, bashing his head in the ceiling. <laughs> and then it cuts to Freddy, and he, he's playing him with his glove. Yeah, the power The glove. power glove. <laughs> and then, of course, his one-liner in this scene at the end after he kills him, Now I'm playing with power. Nintendo's catchphrase at the time. Number two, almost number one. Uh, this is Julie from New Nightmare. And this is the one, it's similar to the Tina one with the gimbal again. Mm-hmm. But in Nightmare 1, you see her just rolling around on the ceiling. In Nightmare 6, you see Freddy, dra- you see what is really happening, so to speak. Mm, wow. Freddy dragging her, cutting her up, blood dripping everywhere. So much gory. You know, it's like, a, it's like the 2.0 version of that kill. Yeah. And it's when he looks at the poor little kid from Full House, Michelle's little boyfriend, <laughs> and it's like, you ever played Skin the Cat? And then decimates this poor, sexy babysitter. Mm. Don't be a babysitter in a horror movie. 
Yeah. If, if you're a babysitter yeah. and anybody goes missing or anything, just get the fuck out of the house. Just leave. Save yourself. And don't get in the car. Just get out and run. Because he's probably waiting in the car. <laughs> so just just go. Someone should write a horror movie where the babysitter is the one who lives and that's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Never see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> the twist is that the babysitter's a bad. <laughs> but, uh, and my favorite kill out of the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series is from my favorite one in the series, which is Nightmare 4, uh, the Dream Masters. The Dream Masters. I forget the, I thought, yeah. something like that. Yeah, something like that. The Dream Warriors, the Dream Masters, Freddy's Kid in 5, I forget what 5 is. My but, typing uh, is not up to par today. The Dream Master. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's the one with Debbie, and Debbie is a tomboy in this film. She lifts weights. She's like a bat little. She's like a Tori from Say by the Bell, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, this is the Roach Motel kill. It this as a kid <laughs> when this when I saw this I was like this is so f-, like as a kid like this blew my mind how crazy this was like that Freddie's doing this. She's lifting weights. She falls asleep. Freddie's spotting her. Yeah, and then he pushes the weights down. And earlier, she's like, oh, a roach. I hate roaches. You know, she's a big, right. tough person. She hates roaches. And Freddie says some badass shit. And then her elbows crack, and her arms fall off, and they're roach hands. <laughs> and it's all practical, and you see the screenshot. We're looking at uh-huh. how it's terrifying. So she's freaking out, naturally, runs in, in a door. Turns out, the door, she opens the door. She's in a roach motel. <laughs> and she's, like, you know, walking around, like, what's happening? And then she, you know, she gets stuck. And then, you know, Freddie's picking up the roach motel, watching her run around, which makes her fall face first into the roach glue. And then she lifts up and it's a roach face. It's so amazing. It's so disgusting. And then finally, Freddy uh, says his one-liner, which you can check in, but you can't check out. <laughs> and then he crushes the roach motel with her in it. It's awesome. Wow. Uh, it's, it's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that's what this series is about. It's not about where is he? He's in your fucking dreams. It's more like, are you asleep? Then you better wake up or something really quickly. Send us your top five. Yeah, let us know if you agree, disagree, which ones you'd add. Because there's a lot of them. And I'll have this for the Halloween episode uh, when we close out the Trinity. uh, The kills per character. Because I want to say, if you look at like the horror movie, you know, the the main villains of franchise horror movies... Uh, Freddy's kind of like near the bottom. He's like he, he, has, he has not many kills, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get the actual facts eventually for Halloween before there it's over. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up Nightmare Three. Uh, don't forget, uh, and this is a good time too because a lot of these are on sale. If you go to awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link. You'll be taken to Amazon.com. Uh, you can get the DVD sets of all six Nightmare films, the original. I don't. I don't think they even make one with the remake, which is good because you wouldn't even watch it anyway. Mm. Uh, but they also have them for the other franchises we're going to be talking about as well. I actually got my set for this one from Walmart because they had the four film sets. So I got one through four for like 10 bucks. This was a few Halloweens ago. And then uh, five, six, and I think Freddy versus Jason is on there too. So it's like the mm. whole Freddy, Robert Unglund Freddy set, so to speak, but those two. So uh, these are definitely worth owning. Honestly, it really doesn't matter if it's Blu-ray or uh, DVD because every print I've seen of these is looks like DVD. It's a DVD print, right? At 1080p, 
which means it's not high definition. Uh, as far as I've seen, if you know something better, please let me know because I, I just haven't seen anything that says that it's worth it to di- die, double dip into the Blu-rays. And honestly, I, I hate I kind of hate when people say this, but especially when I'm talking about the next movie, I kind of like watching it on the lower res format because yeah. it's it's more like when I when you really watched it, it like on there. TV. Yeah. yeah, it's not like so crisp and clear that it seems. See every error. Yeah, which you can't anyway on the DVD. <laughs> of but course. It's, it's a little more forgiving. But uh, send us an email, 80s at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at Awesome Pods and Twitter. Uh, and don't forget, we have other shows because we're the Awesome Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geekly Dose, uh, older, older episodes of Duo Attack. If you want to find out more about some of the local people here that we, we might mention, they've a lot of them have been interviewed, including myself, on the Jesse Sedgley Podcast. Also, yep. if you like trivia podcasts, there's a great one called Why Don't You Know This? And uh, Geekly Dose host Tim Bridgewater also does Republic City Report, which is a Legend of Korra podcast. Which back soon. I don't watch it, but I do see the Facebook updates yeah. to where uh, the next season, or they call them books or something. Yeah. I'm not Chapters or something. Uh, it's like about to come out, so he's going to be kicking that off again. Before. So if you're a fan of that show, check it out. Special shout out to our friends over at Now Versus Nostalgia. Uh, doing a, this podcast, we've had the pleasure of meeting via email and other methods, some kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John and James over there, uh, Now Versus Nostalgia. If you like our podcast, go listen to theirs. It's a great way, especially since uh, you know both of ours are kind of weekly. Give you something else to listen to. And congratulations to John, because he, he had his daughter this past week, so congratulations Aww. to that. I'm sorry that I have to give you a shout-out to your daughter on an episode talking about <laughs> Freddy Krueger, <laughs> yeah. child molester right. slash killer. But you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Big congrats. She's got a couple of years before she'll meet him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do babies dream? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. But uh, we did get an email this week. Uh, JDM, your email address is musecape2. I'm not going to say at because then you might get a whole bunch of crap sent to you. But he says <laughs> at least... Oh, I'm sorry. It's at, the, it's at the closing. John from Riverside. Pardon me. I didn't mean to say your email address, John. But uh, anyway, he says... <laughs> oh, we didn't give it all away. It's not like it's at... Shh. <laughs> But anyway, he says, hello, guys. My best friend referred me to your podcast, and I instantly became a fan. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to catch up to the more recent ones. I'm on number 44 now, which I'm not sure which one that is, because we're on 97 right now. you still got 44 <laughs> plus more to go, so plenty of listening for you. He's going to be so sad when Daniel leaves. Yeah, he's like, it's going to be a shock. Like, oh, my God. Like, this other guy, he sounds going to doubt. And also, it's like he's on 44 now. It's going to be like a year before he hears this. Right, that's true. He's like, oh. He might not even make it this far. So, John, if you made it this far... Ooh, we should make a prediction for him. John, you're going to be very rich, and you're going to send us a lot of money. <laughs> well, AsiaVisited at gmail.com. If we're right, then there you go. Because you're going to become a, a mogul of entertainment, like a Kevin <laughs> Smith, and you're going to be like, I need a podcast to pay... I need to pay these guys to come do this podcast for my empire of podcasts, whatever. Because I like entertainment. And I like 80s Revisited. And I don't like getting things for free. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to pay for this yes. immense pleasure. <laughs> I so, should pay for it. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so I hope you're still listening by the time uh, this comes along. But uh, the thing he enjoys most about us, I'm going back into reading it now, so my, this is not going to make sense <laughs> of what I previously said. You guys, is you remind me, and again, he's talking about you guys, me, Jesse, and, and Daniel, Daniel. Right. <laughs> at this point. Uh, is you remind me of my best friend and I. You remind me of my childhood and what movies were to me, especially when you mentioned how on the Top Gun NES game you couldn't land or fuel up. Thank you. I'm glad we're not <laughs> alone on that because that 
Oh, we talked about that on, a, I think, the NES episode, the right. video game one. That was a fun one. Uh, I hated that part of the game. Yes, agree, 100%. Once I surprised myself when I actually hooked up the fuel thingy, I was never able to do that again. I don't know if I said it on our episode, but I had a similar thing. I did it, like, one time. Yeah. And I honestly think I, I landed the aircraft about one time. I got the mission to once and promptly <laughs> died immediately. But uh, anyway, thanks for all the entertaining podcasts, John from Riverside, California. Awesome. John, you're welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, it, when you get to this episode, let us know that you made it all the way to 97. Are you going to send him an email? Like, let him know if we read something? Oh, good point. I should. He probably... He's like, God, he's assholes. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to, like, you know, have this grudge against us, and then right. he's, eventually he's going to listen to this episode, like, I'll give it one more chance. Like, one more chance. And then, like, it's going to be like Happy Gilmore. I mean, uh, was it Billy Madison? Where he called and apologized to the guy, right. and he scratched his name off the who to kill list. Yeah, that's all. We'll get our name scratched off of it. So we appreciate it, John. Thanks for listening. If you got, you want to send us, you know, a little line, let us know what's going on. Love yeah. to hear about, uh, you know, your horror memories this month for nostalgia uh, Halloween. Because to me, I mentioned before on the podcast, uh, Christmas is my wife's holiday, but Halloween is my Christmas. Ever since I was a kid, especially like we talked about in the eighties, where. On every Halloween night, USA would play Halloween 2. I remember coming back from Trick or Treat and being terrified because <laughs> they'd play it twice. They'd play it back to back. I'd come in halfway on the first broadcast yeah. after Trick or Treat, and then we ate all the candy, so we're like wired awake, and we're sitting there, yeah. all the lights off. I'm wired from the Delaware Scare- punch. <laughs> you're kind of, you're, you're turning violet. <laughs> you're turning violet, Delaware. You're turning into a, a Delaware punch. <laughs> continue, though. But uh, <laughs> tune in next week, everybody, as we continue our, this horrific journey through the trinity of horror as we talk about the next part three. There's a lot of threes in this next title. It's Friday the 13th, part three, mm. which is two threes, but still more than normal. I did find an X- update to that X rating, by the way. Okay. It's just IMD messed up. <laughs> Fuck you, IMDb. That's, a, that's what they say. They did mention that part five had to be cut down there because it was on the verge of an X rating. It wouldn't surprise me if this film did like have to make cuts. Yeah, and it's possible that you know, maybe the copy you've always watched is not, you know, unedited. Oh, yeah. this guy, the last reply said he has the unedited version and he still didn't see anything. It merits an X rating. Of course, that's this year, you know, things yeah. that merit an X rating back in the 80s, completely different. Exactly. Like Robocop, perfect example. I was so excited to get the Criterion Collection DVD of Robocop because it's the unrated, yeah. X rated version. And then you watch it and it's literally like four seconds. Oh, really? It's uh, pretty much... In, in fact, it. I want to say they show it on TV now. Uh, <laughs> but it's the scene... I want to say it's the scene where uh, Kenny gets killed in the beginning with Ed 209. Mm. Uh, and he gets shot all... You know, in the, the traditional version, I guess. You know, you see him get shot a few times. But in the X-rated version, he doesn't stop. Right. It's, it's like a... you know, falls apart, basically. Yeah, and it's just blown away. And I, I'm not 100% sure. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. I do think the X-rated version... Is the version that shows Murphy's hand get completely uh-huh. like the uh, uh, like you see the hand explode when Clarence Boddicker shoots it? Okay, I think I'm not 100 sure on that. I think it's mainly just the Ed Tool Nine part. He's revisited at gmail.com. Let us know. But until next time, we will see you. Well, that's stupid. I take it back. Tune in next time for Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> Part Three. There we go <laughs> on our next Halloween horror hootenanny hoedown of horror. Until then, I remain. Trey Harris. Yes, he said it. Cowabunga, bitch.
and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods hey this is your producer jesse i promised you some delaware punch talk and uh some more of them i thought got cut out but we did have a little bit just just remember that you know we weren't on it and the mics weren't technically rolling but here it is look at us we're in delaware as a child i did not get that joke oh really i did but i was a geography freak <laughs> in addition to knowing your physics too I get <laughs> yeah it wasn't until like the third or fourth time I watched it, like, I guess there's just nothing to do in Delaware. Oh, that's it! That's it, that's yeah. joke! <laughs> there is nothing exciting about Delaware. How yeah. about a nice Delaware punch? <laughs> that was the actual commercial with the little animated dude. Hawaiian, though, right? Oh, no, you're right. It is Hawaiian punch. <laughs> Delaware. Hey, you know what's a nice... You want a Delaware punch? <laughs> Yes. I assume they talk like that in there Delaware. There was no Delaware Punch commercial. <laughs> it was a Punch. <laughs> oh, there's too many punches. Too many drinks with a punch. Oh, here we go. The actual commercial. Yeah. Whew. I get thirsty. Okay. <laughs> you suck, Timmy. Oh, she loves her Delaware punch. Spike! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, punch. A whole bunch of Delaware punch commercials. They really try to sell this shit. <laughs> 